welcome to another short news flash podcast from PortugueseSoccer.com. I am your host, John Navis. Hope this episode comes to you safe and sound, boys, festas. Of course, we are on the big Christmas week, the biggest holiday in Portugal. And I'm glad to be back here to talk about our favorite topic, football, soccer, whatever word you use in your part of the world. I'm going to start off episode number 48. Um, like I always do, talking about the upcoming schedule. A lot to talk about tonight with the big three. A lot of draws lately. Uh, but we'll start tonight. First off, of course, was a busy Wednesday, uh, December the 23rd. And I'll talk about the Super Cup a little bit later. But today, of course, was a busy day. Porto winning their 22nd Super Cup, defeating Benfica. We also had four matches today from the Taça de Portugal. Leftover matches from the fourth round, Meritimu, Gil Vicente, Belenense Sad, and Nacional advancing. And in the cases of Meritimu and Nacional, that is of interest. Uh, Sporting now know who they're going to be playing in the round of 16. And that's Meritimu and Porto. I have discovered that they'll be playing Nacional in the next round as well, with the fourth round coming to a finish tonight. Benfica, of course, already knows their opponent. They're going to be playing Estrela, of course, the club that uh, came back to life that was previously Estrela da Amadora. And uh, that'll be Benfica's opponent for the Taça de Portugal. That'll take place the middle of next month, but we got a long way to go. But as far as the schedule goes, of course, uh, we got the holidays coming up. Um, So the next set of action will be this Sunday, December the 27th. No, there is no Boxing Day football in Portugal on Saturday, but on Sunday, the week 11 gets going. Uh, And basically next week, by the way, is essentially a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday schedule. Um, It's kind of like the schedule was this past uh, May, June, and July when we resumed uh, matches. Um, And of course, the big match uh, this week, uh, Sporting is going to be playing Bilinense Saad. Uh, we've got Boa Vista is going to be playing Braga. Will Boa Vista change with new managers as well, Lu Ferreira? Uh, we also have Vitoria Guimarães playing Porto. That is a very, very good match. Uh, without a doubt, probably the best match this weekend. And Benfica is playing bottom club Portimonense in the Luge. Benfica looking to bounce back, of course, from tonight's disappointing a Super Cup loss. And, uh, you know, what's interesting about the schedule also is that this weekend is basically round 11, week 11, and then boom, we go into the new year. Think about how much matches are left to be played uh, basically from here until the middle of May when the season comes to a conclusion. And I mentioned that because don't forget that in June – of course, is the European uh, Championship, the rescheduled European Championship, Portugal on June the 15th, playing Hungary in Budapest. So there is going to be a lot of matches, you know, basically starting this upcoming weekend, all of January, uh, February, March, April, and then May. And then, of course, you got the national team to play. So a congested schedule for, of course, obvious reasons due to the uh, pandemic. Um, but we got a lot of matches coming up. Don't forget, you got World Cup qualifiers starting in March. You got uh, Benfica, Porto, and Braga playing in European competition. You, of course, are going to have the Taça de Portugal. You got the Taça de Liga going on in late January. So there is a lot, a lot of matches to come up. And I also mentioned that because last year at this time, the league took a week off. And the big conversation was, of course, 
uh, giving these teams a bigger rest during the Christmas holiday because a lot of the coaches felt that they just weren't getting enough time with their team seemingly playing almost every week. And, of course, here we are with a different reality. Um, and, of course, the schedule is incredibly congested. But it'll be curious to see next season when hopefully everything is uh, new and they're able to start playing in August as usual, that whether or not uh, next year uh, they're going to be taking some time off like they did last year in between Christmas and New Year. And it should also be noted, by the way, that one of the attractiveness of playing in Portugal, I've always heard from people, is that because Portugal uh, does that break, a lot of the foreign players can go back home and spend Christmas with their families or at least go to other parts of Europe and maybe spend some time with some of their national teammates in either Italy or England. Um, but Portugal this year does not have that break for, of course, obvious reasons. And one thing I want to also say about the schedule and the standings uh, is the fact that uh, you look at the bottom 11 clubs in the Liga Norte standings, um, starting with Riwav in eighth place, all the way down to the two Algarve clubs in the relegation zone, Portimonense and Ferenc, who are at eight points. But essentially, the difference between eighth place and last place, eighth place has basically 11 points, last place has eight points. So 11 clubs are between 11 and eight points. And some people call that competitiveness. Others would call that pretty awful but that also tells you with a lot of matches coming up these next few months that uh, a lot of these teams are um, going to have a lot to play for and are going to have to be ready because although I think some teams like Riwav are going to basically make it too near the top, um, there's going to be a lot of teams avoiding regulation. And don't forget, 16th place, you got to play a playoff after the season with the third-place team from the second division uh, to stay in the first division. So as a result, a lot of matches, busy schedule coming up, um, and that's uh, pretty much uh, what we have with regard to the schedule. Second part of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast and I'm still going to talk about the schedule, but I'm going to talk about it with regards to what's going on with the big three in Portugal. Uh, first off, January is going to test the big three, especially sporting. Uh, right away in January, on January the 2nd, you have a sporting Braga. Then on January the 15th, you have a big Clásico on a Friday night, Porto Benfica. Then the following midweek on the 19th, that Tuesday, you have a sporting Porto. It's the second time this season they'll be playing. They played previously in the Liga, 2-2 draw in Alvalade. And then on that Wednesday, the 20th, you have a Benfica-Braga. Um, and then, of course, the winners of those two semifinals, that Saturday, the 23rd, will play for the Tasa of the Liga Cup. And then you end the end of the month with a derby, a Lisbon derby of sporting at home to Benfica. So the month of January is going to be awesome if you are a fan. But if you are a manager and a player, and especially a manager, it's a type of month that can ruin you if the results don't go all your way, um, because essentially the best teams in the league are playing each other. And usually in this league, that makes a big factor as to who sits by how many points in first, second, and third place, um, or at least for their fans, in the case of the Tasa of the Liga, who gets the bragging rights of winning the most recent uh, trophy. But starting with the sporting first off, um, sporting will be tested the most. You know, they play Braga. Um, then they've got to go and play Porto. 
Mithas in the Liga. If they win that, then they get a chance to win a trophy that Saturday playing either Benfica or Braga. And then at the end of the month, they've got the Derby at home against Benfica. So there are three matches, potentially four next month, where the best sporting that we have seen so far is really got to show up. Now, it should be also mentioned that Sporting lately has been playing a lot of home matches. You know, they played the Tasa the Liga match at home. Um, they played the Tasa the Portugal match recently at home. Their match before that was also at home in the Liga. They go away for the short trip to play Bilinich's Saad, and then they come back home again and they play Braga on January the 2nd. So Sporting's schedule of late has helped them a lot. And when you have a young team like they do, it's great. But now you got to go to Lady and play potentially two important matches. And then you come back home at the end of the month to play Benfica. So they are going to be really, really tested, I think, for the first time this season. Um, you know, again, they played Porto at home. Vieto with the late goal helped salvage a 2-2 draw. But most people would say that the real sporting, whether or not the sporting by the time you get to March – whether or not they're going to still be able to compete in first place, whether or not they're going to be able to compete for the Tasa de Portugal, whether or not by then they've won the Tasa of the league or at least made it to the final. There's a lot of question marks for sporting. They are, you know, as JJ said, the best team in the league because they're in first place. But it's been a great September, October, November, December for sporting. I said this team, you know, 10 or 11 episodes again could compete for the title. But now we're going to know for sure. We're going to really, really know whether or not these young players, whether or not the players that they brought in, the, the experienced players, are going to really be up to the task. And we're also going to see Ruben Amarin really be tested because the tip, most difficult matches, potentially four, we know three, potentially four, is coming up this month. So um, it's been a great run. My neighbor Zaire the other day was shoveling snow with his green boots. Everybody I know that's a sporting fan hasn't been this happy since maybe JJ's first year. But now they're really going to be tested, and I think that's the big thing. So, you know, a lot of enthusiasm right now, but if they get out of January and they're in the same position they are now in first place with a potential trophy, then you know that this sporting team is for real, and they're going to make a lot of money off these young uh, players. And you know that Ruben Amarin will also be somebody that a lot of the big clubs in Europe are going to start paying attention to, you know, no doubt about it. Um, shifting gears, talking about Benfica and the Super Cup tonight. Um, JJ said a quote tonight. It was on the cover of Ojogo, and I know Ojogo is maybe not the greatest source for anything Benfica, but it was a press conference quote. Um, and he said basically that the team isn't where he wants it to be. He said this earlier this week, by the way but that the team is not where he wants it to be and that Porto was just more experienced. And I thought that was a great sentence because I think that truly does describe Benfica. Um, a lot of Benfica fans I know are really frustrated that this team hasn't played better, even though they're second in the Liga, even though they're still in Europa, the Tasa de Liga, Tasa de Portugal. Um, the reality is, is they, you know, even though they had a little bit more possession tonight, um, and obviously, you know, Grimaldo, Grimaldo hitting the uh, the post doesn't help. Um, Porto was a little bit better of the team tonight, uh, you know, no doubt about it. And, um, you know, as a result, um, you know, a lot of people feel Benfica has a lot of work to do. And I think JJ agrees with them. And the problem, with, I, let me just put it this way. The good thing about Benfica, like I said in my last episode, 
um, is the fact that Benfica hasn't hit its stride yet. Uh, Benfica hasn't played to their potential yet. Uh, Porto is playing to their potential right now. They are cruising. Benfica is not playing to their potential. And maybe the good news for Benfica is that the best is still yet to come. The problem with the month of January is not only if you continue to play this way, are you not going to win another cup, but because you've got to go and play at Porto in the Clásico, and then plus you've got to go and play at Sporting and Alvalade next month, um, you run the risk of maybe falling five, six, seven points behind next month. And, you know, they need the players, the Vertongans, Grimaldo, Tarat. I know PZ wasn't unavailable tonight, unfortunately, because he tested positive for COVID-19. But, you know, PZ all season long hasn't been playing well. He's had his good moments. Um, but they really need to kick it into high gear if they're going to get better. And right now, fans are discontent. Supporters are discontent. And I think tonight what you saw was the better team winning the Super Cup tonight. I think a lot of people watching the television, seeing the comments, would agree and are getting very frustrated. But the other good thing about Benfica is that you got a manager like JJ because I don't think he takes the criticism personally like some managers do. And you kind of have the right manager that's been basically in the the hot seat of playing and dealing with all this pressure. If you ever watch his press conferences, he's really not bothered by a lot of pressure. I mean, he really believes in what he does. And, you know, right now, the only comfort you could take if you're a Benfica fan is that he still ha believes the best is yet to come and in terms of that he feels like this team isn't where he wants them to be. So if that's to come, it's going to come at the right time for Benfica with a busy Jan January. And then not to mention, of course, the spring uh, when they got to be ready to play the other big teams in the league. And transitioning to Porto, um, you know, Porto right now, you know, what's interesting about Porto is back in October, they lost to Pastors de Ferreira. They've had some, you know, they had some subpar results. Of course, they made a lot of moves before the transfer deadline. They lost Danilo and Telish. Um, and I had mentioned this as well, that, you know, they had a lot of changes. And Kelsey Song talked about it in his press conferences that, a lot of the new faces have to understand what it's like to play for Porto and play for the North. And they're still learning Conceição. And now you look at Porto. Here we are at the end of December. In their last 11 matches, they have 10 wins and a draw. They've won a cup. They were at one point, you know, people thought they could fall behind as much as nine points in the Liga. Now they're behind by you know only four points to Sporting. They're within striking distance, and they are basically peaking right now. Um, and if you're a Porto fan right now, you got to be happy. But they got a tough match this weekend. Uh, week 11 by far, Guimarães Porto is the best matchup of the weekend. And although a lot of people are going to say that their next toughest match probably is January the 15th, the reality is, is Guimarães has been playing pretty well lately. And Coresima has been doing a good job. Andre Andre is playing like a leader for that team. They've got some young players on that team that are looking for big-time moves. So Porto right now, because of the fact that they've done so well, are in the best shape possible to play as tough as a team as they are going to do this upcoming, um, you know, uh, this next match day. But the reality is, is unlike JJ, who's trying to get his players to where he thinks they should be, 
Conceição right now, I think, has the players what they want. He complimented the strategy and the tactics tonight, how they played. The players went into the press room while he was giving his press conference and celebrated with him, got him all wet. And the reality is, is these players are willing to fight and run into a brick wall for Conceição. And you have to wonder right now, you know, I think it's the same thing with uh, sporting. I think players would do anything for Amarim. And I think the question with Benfica is, are the players willing to do anything for JJ? Or is he just another big money manager? And these players are trying to use Benfica to go to a bigger club. Um, because I think that's a legit thing to mention. I think that's a legitimate thought uh, to mention. Um, but Porto, everything is flying. They are doing well. They're going to be tested this weekend. Um, unfortunately, the last time they were in Guimarães was that un- ugly incident with uh, with the fans toward Nerega. Um, but that's going to be a big match this weekend. But again, because Porto is playing as well as they are, you have to feel very good if you're a Porto fan about where Porto is right now compared to where they were back in October. And I think that this is a team right now that's very dangerous. And um, if you're Porto, be glad that you're only playing. Uh, excuse me, if you're sporting, uh, be glad that you're only playing Porto uh, next month in the Tasa de Liga um, and that you have plenty of time to get ready for that because Porto right now uh, is really cruising. Um, I'm going to finish this particular segment talking about the UEFA draws recently. Um, Porto Juventus in the Champions League, Benfica Arsenal, Braga Roma in the Europa. Um to me, Porto, and, and I realize it's the Champions League, so every team you play is tough, but Porto got a tough draw with Juventus. Uh, you're playing Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano wants to win a Champions League with Juventus. That's why Juventus paid all that money. Cristiano wants that to continue to cement his awesome legacy. Um, and if you're, of course, Porto right now, um, even though you are playing as well as you are, this is going to be tough. Um, and by the way, all three Portuguese teams... Uh, with Benfica Arsenal and uh, Braga Roma. They all play the first leg at home, which, by the way, I don't like. Um, There's an argument to be made that sometimes it's not good to play the first leg away if you get buried by a bad result. But um, it's dangerous to all be playing at home. And what the Portuguese teams need to do, they need to win 2-0 or 3-1. They need to give themselves that buffer, especially Porto in that first leg at home. They need that buffer of at least two goals to go back to Turin. Um, they cannot afford a 1-1, 2-1 result where Juventus gets an away goal. Um, you need that buffer so that if they score early on you, and how many times have we seen that in European competition when we go on the road to play a big team and they score a goal early uh, you know, against us, and that hurts us. And that's sometimes the history of Portuguese clubs in Europe, and we can't afford that. So in the case of Porto, they really need a very good, good result at first leg and then go – uh, to Juventus and hopefully with their momentum pull off an upset and uh, the second team that I think has it tough is basically Braga Roma um, obviously Portuguese manager with Roma Paulo Fonseca obviously a manager that knows the Portuguese league very well um, even though Carlos Carvial is a very experienced manager for Braga I would say that probably you give Juvent, uh, you give uh, Roma a sixty percent chance to win, and Braga only forty percent. In uh, you know my opinion, but again, if Braga could get that positive result, you know they lost ugly at Leicester in the group stages of Europa. Um, but you know playing a big team on the road is different 
They're playing a small team. So Braga, much like Porto, need a very good first leg result and they need the ability to go to Rome. And if they suffer a few goals to at least be ahead and, and you know, obviously if they score a goal, put themselves in a position where Roma has to score more goals. Um, of the three, I would say Benfica got the more fortunate draw. Usually you don't say that when you play a Premier League team. Um, and I realize kind of what I'm saying, but Arsenal right now is awful. Um, this is a team that I don't think has won a match in a very long time. Um, but the bottom line is they're awful. And although one would argue that Benfica is not playing great, they're certainly not playing as bad as Arsenal. Uh, now, Arsenal did have, you know, they pretty much ran through the Europa, I believe, undefeated. So obviously there's a difference in competition when you play in the Premier League. But I think that the big thing about this matchup, and I give it right now 55% Benfica to win, 45% Arsenal. And my opinion may change later. But the reason why I say that is a lot of people are upset with Arteta. Will he last after these next few games during the holidays? And if they bring in a new manager, let's say they fire him, you know, is this manager who's got plenty of time because they only play the Europa match in the, you know, in February, you might get a manager that might come in. The players might respond to that manager. And all of a sudden, instead of playing a team that's really struggling, you're playing a team that's kind of starting to peak. And that's the dangerous thing about uh, Benfica playing in Arsenal is you don't really know what type of Arsenal team you're going to be playing in February. But nevertheless, right now today, based on what's on the paper, I would say that Benfica got the more fortunate draw, which you usually don't say with a Premier League team. Um, and by the way, if I had to say winning percentage, I'd say Juventus 70, Porto 30. Obviously, I want Porto to advance, but I think most people would agree with me. Some might say even more than 70%, but Porto's playing well enough now that they are no pushover. And again, Braga is played a lot better under Carvial after starting the season slow. They've got a shot, and I think Benfica definitely has a shot too. So very favorable for Benfica. And the other two, depending on the first leg result, um, is going to be very important that they get and they score uh, some goals. And again, I'm not happy that Portuguese teams got to play the first leg at home. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm just not happy about it, but that's just my two cents. Third and last segment of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast, episode number 48. Um, first off, a few things uh, about Portugal. Uh, the Liga has managed to play all their matches without much issue. I think some. I think somebody. I don't know if it was Guimarães had maybe one or two staff that tested positive. I know second division Leixões had some issues, but for the most part, when it comes to COVID and Portugal, um, the Liga that is uh, Portugal. Uh, the Liga has been doing okay. Um, Obviously, if you're like me and you follow more than just football, soccer, um, you know, you follow the everyday uh, events of Portugal, you know that uh, the numbers this week did go down a little bit, uh, but obviously it's still high. The government of Portugal has decreed pretty much Christmas. They're letting people be with their families and, uh, and do things, but there's going to be a lockdown, a curfew for New Year's Eve starting at 11 o'clock at night. So uh, pretty much you got to be home at 11 o'clock at night. And then an hour later, the clock strikes. But, um, you know, 
that's the way Portugal is uh, handling it. And right now their goal is to try to decrease these numbers. Uh, this weekend on Sunday, uh, Portugal will start, we'll have the vaccine and we'll start to give it to people. Obviously, it'll be to healthcare workers and eventually long-term care people, uh, the older population. Um, I was I was listening to the radio tonight, and I thought I heard that, like in America, over a million people have already been vaccinated. And my cousin was like, "Boy, that's a lot." But America, uh, sometimes people forget when they try to compare America that uh, America six time zones long, so a million people is just a drop in the bucket. But in a country like Portugal. If they get the opportunity in the first month or two to vaccinate a million people in a country of just under 10 million, that would be great for Portugal. So that's the goal right now in Portugal is uh, they start on Sunday. They start to vaccinate a lot. And you hope that because the population is a little bit smaller, that hopefully by the time you get to the spring, that Portugal will reach the stage where a lot of people are going to be vaccinated and maybe life will become normal in Portugal. Uh, but obviously we all have family, friends in Portugal. Uh, they're in our thoughts much in the way they, they are in their thoughts about us. Um, I've heard you know, talking to a friend in Toronto, they're going under lockdown. Uh, but the good news um, in many parts of the world is that the vaccine process has started and hopefully by the time we get to the late spring, early summer, depending on what decision you make to get the vaccine, that most people get it and that we start to see as normal as things as possible. Um, you know, it's funny, my place where I usually get my Christmas Eve meal for my family, uh, they're not open this year because of the restrictions. So I've got to travel to another state to get the Portuguese food. But that's just the way it is this year. But hopefully, you know, I want to end this podcast by wishing you and your family boas festas. Um, I'll probably be on before the New Year's, but if I'm not, have a happy New Year. Please stay safe. Um, a lot of good football, soccer, whatever word you use in your part of the world is coming up. A lot of Premier League football is coming up with Boxing Day. Uh, stay safe. Uh, wear your masks. And I'll talk to you soon.